I hope you enjoyed this deleted scene from my conversation with Porter Collins and Harris Kupperman, where Porter and Copy talk in depth about why they remain very bullish on the energy space. A quick reminder that Harris has an event-driven research service called Kedem, which tracks special situations in the stock market. You can get $1,000 off by using code KEDEM1REF, and you can get a four-week free trial by using the link in the description. Also, make sure to check out my original interview with Porter and Cuppy, which aired on October 18th of this year. The never-before-seen footage starts now. Copy. You and Porter share an outlook on energy. Porter chooses to express it via coal as well as oil and gas stocks. You have a little bit of that, but most of your position, or I miss, a lot, I, I should miss say, nuclear too. Nuclear, yes. I, I miss you nuclear. nuclear. A lot of your position, Copy, is in physical oil contracts or, or few oil futures, um, particularly far out in the future, like you know years out. Uh, why do you opt for that instead of owning, you know, Exxon Mobil or sort of you know Canadian producers or this, this type of stuff that oil and gas investors uh, invest in? So, uh, I mean, you have a bunch of climate jihadis running the country, and I take them at their word that they're going to have excess profits taxes, carbon taxes, they're going to cancel leases, they're going to cancel pipelines that are already existing, they're going to strand assets, they, they, they might you know, nationalize stuff. I, given what they've done so far, I take them at their word, and I think it, it, it's sort of scary to own some of these assets that are in the U.S., um, and I actually think the reason why oil prices will go higher is because they'll actually try some of the stupidity uh, along the way. And so I just don't own that sort of stuff. I own Valeris, though, and I own Tidewater. I'm of the view that I bought these things. I, I got, they both went through bankruptcy. Uh, and I bought them 10 cents on the dollar of the equipment. Uh, if you look at a price of hot rolled steel, like no one's, no one's built a, a drill ship really in a decade almost. Like they don't even know how to. The Korean shipyards are all doing LNG. Like the, no one knows how to build one of these things. It probably cost you twice as much today to build it. And so the assets appreciating it just in terms of replacement cost, uh, they're not going to ever build another one of these things. Like no one's making a 30 year investment in a drill ship. There won't be any eighth generation that obsoletes the sixth generation. And so these drill ships are there and all the, the growth of energy is going to come from countries that need dollars. They don't care about carbon. And so look at where it's coming from. It's, it's Guyana, it's Suriname, it's, it's, it's Namibia, like Brazil offshore. And these countries are saying, how many drill ships can we get? Oh, it's 450 a day. Great. We'll take five more, you know, and we're running out of drill ships that are available. I mean, even the stacked ones are getting remobilized. And I've done, this is my third uh, offshore drilling cycle now. Um, no, but I mean, a year ago, these things were earning 150 to 200,000 a day, and they were roughly uh, break even. Now, the, you know, the forward part of the curve is 450, almost 500 a day. I think a year from today, it's a million a day. I mean, name me any commodity that uh, hasn't taken out the 2008 uh, peak. I would think, you know, if we peaked at six, 700,000 a day in 08, we're, we're going to a million. And when the first contract gets signed there, every equity analyst, I mean, there might be two guys left covering the <laughs> drilling sector. <laughs> but they're just going to take a drag and drop on their Excel spreadsheet times how many drill ships these guys have. And they can do the same thing on their jackups and the semi-subs. And they're going to go, wow, look at all that cash flow. I mean, I've done this model myself. I mean, I think Valeris trades at you know, less than one times cash flow. And yeah, it's a cyclical and uh, it's a terrible business. And at the bottom of the cycle, they all go bankrupt again. But, you know, they're going to have to return that capital to you at some time. I don't think the board of directors at Valeris is going to buy new drill ships. So where's the cash go? They already announced a, a buyback and they're not profitable. 
I mean, they don't expect to be profitable until Q4, and they're already buying back stock because they, they, they see, based on their forward bookings, how much cash they're going to have. They're just going to gush. And so I really like when you can buy a bunch of steel at $0.10 cents in the dollar of you know, what they built it for, and it's probably $0.05 cents in the dollar of replacement cost. I mean, so I have a bunch of that sort of stuff. Tidewater is the largest player in OSVs. So I, I, have, I have a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, I have the futures options because uh, energy equals inflation, inflation equals energy. And by 2025, they're going to be doing all sorts of QE to fix uh, whatever disaster they blow up in the global financial system in the next couple of months when they raise rates. And so I have to think that you have a lot of inflation and then energy prices go higher. I'm of the view that uh, to protect your portfolio, you really should be buying uh, right tail uh, hedges, which are you know, far out of the money call options. And so I bought these, uh, let's look at the 2025 December uh, WTI calls. Uh, I got the hundreds. I, I paid about $2 for them. They're about six bid at eight. They trade like one or two contracts a week. I mean, I, I probably have the whole open interest. But I mean, to, to think that you can spend uh, 2% of uh, notional value to have uh, inflation protection out um, four and a half years when I bought them now, it's you know, three years. Uh, it's just a crazy amount of inflation protection you can get for 2% of the notional underlying. So I bought a few thousand of the things. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a really good way to play uh, energy. I mean, the, the risk is energy has a supernova in 2024, and we have a depression in 2025, and I miss it. You know, kind of like what happened in 2008. But I don't think this cycle is going to act like 2008. I think you're going to have a blow off and then it's going to pull back a little and you got another blow off and they're going to stimulate and give everyone stimmies. And I think it's just going to be a different sort of very inflationary cycle. And I like the fact that I could buy a lot of inflation very cheaply. I'd also add that I think uh, uh, BNO, which is the Brent oil mm -hmm. ETF, it owns the one and two uh, uh, of Brent oil. Uh, I like the fact that Brent is a global commodity. They, they can't do price caps on you. They, they can't do uh, export, uh, you know, restrictions or anything else. Like, so I'm, I'm diversifying my oil because all the politicians globally terrify me. It's not just our country. But you're getting two and a half, almost 3% roll yield each month. I mean, if you can make 30 or 40% on your money, it, being long something that you actually want to be long, like, it, that makes up for a lot of uh, damage on a day like today where oil is down $2. I mean, that, that accretion, that 2% accretion, like it, it just heals all wounds. And I think that's another great way to play oil. And I have a whole lot of that. Just to break it down uh, for the audience. So uh, BNO is Brent Oil ETF. So they own oil contracts similar to USO, which owns uh, WTI futures. And I actually think back in the day, they owned all this front month stuff, which means that when the curves were in forward sloping upward in contango, they'd be having negative roll yield. They'd be paying every single month. Now it's the opposite. Oil codes in backwardation, they're earning money. Uh, so for example, when you buy, let's say uh, 2025 oil futures for $50 or 60 bucks, you're, yeah, you're, you're buying it for 50 or 60 bucks and spot oil is at 90 bucks. Yeah. Just to, sorry, Porter, Porter, what were you going to say? Sorry, I interrupted you. Amazing that the curve is still sloped that way, right? The, 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 yeah. the whole world, like the equities are valued that way too, right? The, the equities are, are the out years are, is using the curve, which is call it 50, $60 oil. And so I, I think I win that way too, is that as the estimates roll up as, as you know, the, the, the curve comes up to where spot is. So I think the curve should price in inflation because it's a global commodity. I mean, look, the reason that the curve is so backwardated 
is because uh, it's very reflexive. You know, you have an energy producer. The bank says you have to hedge. Well, who's on the other side in 2025? Me. I'm not that big. So, you know, you just, it's just, I can't absorb that many futures. And it used to be airlines would hedge, but airlines all think shale turns back on and, you know, they're not hedged anymore. So there's no one on the other side. And so look at, uh, it's a global commodity. You have a cost to produce it. I don't think anyone in the Permian, you know, is going to make money factoring in, uh, you know, 2025 oil is like 63 right now, factoring in four more years of inflation at current rates. I mean, with, with what's happened to labor and, I mean, even frack sand is in shortage. Like, what's happening with uh, frack crews and frack stacks and drilling equipment, downhole pipe, lubricant. Like, these things are all, I mean, my mom's crying about broccoli. I mean, have you seen what's happened to, you know, downhole pipe? Like, yeah. you have huge inflation. and I don't think you can drill it and supply it at $63. I, I literally don't think the numbers will work. And I mean, Porter, you'd know more about this than me because you, you know, you're on the board of an energy company. But I don't think the numbers would work. And if you can, you, there's not a lot of profit in it. And that's the reason that no one's going out there to produce because you're, you're, you're doing something very risky, which is producing oil. And you can't lock it in and hedge it profitably. So why would you go do it? And I really do think that the curve should instead be factoring in, you know, 10% inflation each year or, you know, plus interest rates, plus other stuff, plus, you know, return on capital. Like the, the curve should be steep. I mean, we look at, you know, silver or gold. These things all have, a, you know, storage costs and they all have interest rates. You know, they have actually a contango and I'm amazed oil is backwardated still. Uh, and I don't think you're going to see more supply come online until the, the curve uh, inverts. I so, so Tuppy, yeah. the reason that you don't own a ton of oil companies is because oil companies aren't bullish enough on the price of oil. They've sold oil in the future at 60 bucks, and you think that that's wildly too low. Well, I just think I get more bang for the buck with my uh, call options, and I'm really worried about uh, geopolitical risk and also just like uh, you know operating risk of the guys in control of the country doing something crazy. I, the, the bigger uh, risk I, is- I think I get a better- yeah, I agree. The bigger yeah. the bigger risk is we, we own this stock and still do uh, Vermilion, in, which is a Canadian company, but it has European operations. And, and, you know, the Europeans just put in a they haven't figured out what they're doing yet, but they're putting in a European windfall tax. Right. And so what looked like a 50 percent free cash flow yields now a 30 percent free cash flow yield. But, you know, the stock's probably, you know, in in uh, hell for a little while until people figure out what the heck's going on. But, you know, that that's one of the risks everywhere right and um you know they love taxing both banks and uh you know oil companies for you know windfall profit tax they don't they won't dare ta- tax uh, apple for a windfall profit tax but they they'll go ahead and you know crush everybody else 